You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Chris, I'm the host, and tonight I'm joined by John and Andy. How are you doing, guys? Evening. All right. Ah, another another week, another rubbish charity bet to talk about the start of the podcast. Hard luck story, yeah. It's kind, of, it's kind of going wrong at this point in the season, isn't it? Aye. We, we St- had two dismal weeks where I don't think we get anything at all. At least this week we got one win, which is not good since it was a treble. But uh, aye, it's, it's getting more and more difficult as the weeks go on, because unpredictable things are happening. I think just now, even if we picked a single, would mess up. <laughs> Probably. We're we're hibsing it. We're about aye. We're, we're having an absolute shocker in the last few uh, weeks. So, uh, aye. Just to clarify, Falkirk did win three two. So that was the one win that we got at the weekend. But uh, we had Dundee lost to Hamilton. It was their first win at home since February. September. September. Sorry. Yep. And Albion Rovers beat uh, Air United in their first win since February. That's right, isn't it? Yes. That's correct. Aye. I'm. I'm. And I. I Never wrote down those stats since Joanna had the stats, so I don't know why I was the one defeating them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. So, uh, we may as well start off in the lower leagues. Uh, and actually, I want to talk about League Two because yes. for weeks and weeks this has been tight, and suddenly it's looks like it's least five to completely bin. Yeah. Seven clear, three games to go, could be done at this weekend. Yeah, that's uh, the way to play. I'll get it out of the, the playoff race now as well. Well, they've, they've, well, they're out the race, sorry, but they're out to play off sports. Yes, they are. Yeah, yeah, huge game for them on Saturday at home to Queen's Park. Yeah, jumped above them. I mean, that's it's, it's an athletic. They've got an easy game out of the the top five. Hi, best we know. Sterling, that league, you never know. I will. Well, that's it. I mean, East Sterling are now uh, confined to the, the the bottom spot. They'll be in the the pyramid playoff. They'll be facing uh, well one of Edinburgh City, who clinched the lower uh, league. The weekend there, and uh, it looks like it will probably be Cove Rangers because there's a, an interesting situation in the, the Highland League at the moment where uh, Cove Rangers and Broader Rangers are. are uh, right, it's, it's Cove Rangers three points ahead of Broader Rangers. That's correct. Broader yeah. Rangers have only got one game left, and they're also six points clear of uh, for Martin, who have got two games left. So, yep. what needs to happen is for Martin would need to win both their games, or Broader would need to win their game, and Cove Rangers would have to lose. Have they got two games left? They've got two games left, yeah. Um, and that means they only need one point from, from the two games. Yeah. So they're, they're away to Clough the Curran on Wednesday in Inverness. And then they've got a game against Turriff on Saturday, which is definitely the tougher of the two, but uh, all going well for Cove, they, they wouldn't need anything from that. Cause, they're, uh, they're expected to get a point somewhere out of those two. <clears throat> oh, very much so, yeah. So, uh, I mean, the Turriff one would, would be tasty if it came down to that, but... Uh, yeah. And Clack, Clack and Curran are are sitting fourteenth uh, like in the in the table just now. So um, they were they were well beaten by by Fir Martin on on Saturday as well. That was a, a five one. So, um, so it's looking no, like close to throw away then. No slip up expected here. No, uh, I think that will be taken care of on on uh, on Wednesday. Just a, a point needed. So um, no, it looks like Coval. Cove will be in the, in the playoffs. So. And if I remember rightly, Cove Rangers are the one of the teams in the Highland League that are really wanting to get into the, the, the SFL set up, aren't they? They are, yeah. They went they've for talked it, about uh, it a few seasons. Yeah, 
they went for it in 2008 when Gretna went under. Uh, Aaron got that place. Yep. Um, so they've, um, you know, never hidden their their ambition to, to be part of the the, the league setup. The the one thing that will make things interesting is that uh, they they of course still don't have a, a stadium. Um, they've been ground sharing this season across four other venues. Um, four? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, three other Highland League teams, Inverurie Locos for Martin and Keith and uh, Banks of D as well, who are a, a local junior club. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, they've been spreading their home games across those four venues. I suppose just to sort of take away pressure on, on one club, you know, if, if, if they were to be sharing. Um, with Justin Verudi, for, for example, then I suppose it would, um, you know, it would be required for 34 uh, dates throughout the season, which is which is quite a lot. So um, it's just to ease the, the burden on on individual clubs. But uh, I, I think they'll have to to designate a, a venue if they were to, um, you know, go up to the to the football league. I, I would imagine Montrose wouldn't be a a logical one for them, but uh, of course they would have to have to be prepared to play on artificial uh, mm-hmm. surface for the the full season. Uh, so, have they got any long term plans? They do. Yeah, they've they've lodged plans for for a new ground, which uh, to be honest, shouldn't take too long. They've been in the in the offing for for a wee while, but uh, they've um, yeah they've they've kind of had you know begun the process of um, of, of trying to. To get that underway quite soon, so um, all going well, you know, maybe a new ground in time for the following season, but uh, it certainly won't happen in time for uh, for the coming one. Well, so yeah, I mean that that should you said they're playing Wednesday night. That's right. Yeah. So it's, the chances are it will be decided by then. Yes. But after uh, it's the following week, maybe Saturday. Well, yes, that's right. article, right? So it's just about done in the, the Highland League. Um, yeah. As I say, Edinburgh City clinched the Lowland League. Uh, at the weekend there, so congratulations to them. Uh, just stepping back into League Two, uh, we, we mentioned he's still on the to the, the bottom, but the the although he's five, what they're running away with the the, the title now, there, there is still the three, any three from four: right. Iron Athletic in fifty-three, Clyde in fifty-three, Queens Park in fifty-two, and Elgin in fifty-two. So like you say the the fact that Elgin are playing Queens Park is a massive game. Um, obviously Clyde is five will be a massive game as well. Iron Athletic hosting East Stirling. He's been almost expecting back up three points, but as John says, you never know in this league. No, uh, Elgin have still got East Stirling to play, but they don't have a very good record against them. Um, funnily enough, despite the, the league positions, uh, I think last season they, they failed to beat them at all. So um, I can't, can't quite remember how they've what, what the record is in full this this season, but uh, they're, um, they're you know they're, it, it's it's a bit of a bogey team for them. So that's maybe not. As good as it perhaps looks on on paper in terms of looking at Elgin's running um, in the last three games. Well, hopefully, it's just as tight as us for the rest of the season, and we can have a bit of excitement. Um, moving up with leagues, uh, League One. So, uh, <coughs> what was it Breakin City or Lost to Cowden Beath? Was a big game in this. Aye, big one. Cowden Beath. Yeah, so, so Cowden Beath jumped ahead of Stenhouse Muir. Who uh, did get a one each draw at Yardsley, but that's uh, they've officially slipped down the position. Aye, four for you in Fairland. Which yeah, would normally be, be a Sounds like a good point, but... yeah. But they're still three behind Stenish Muir, so uh, I'm only one ahead of Breakin, sorry. So, all to play for at the bottom of that league. Um, 
technically, Airdrie aren't safe yet. Which is <laughs> <laughs> still, which is interesting because uh, considering they're trying to get the into the playoffs for promotion, never mind relegation, because they're only five behind Stranraer, who, who are in that fourth spot. Um, what we said earlier, Albion Rovers picked up their win against Air United. That's kept them in the hunt for it. They're uh, sitting fifth place in 42, so three behind. Um, Albion have got Cowed and Beast uh, on Saturday. That could be a big game for both of them. Um, Breakin are at home at Peterhead. That might be a, a more difficult prospect for them. Uh, and four for Airdrie is another. That's <laughs> probably a big game there as well. Um, Stranar are hosting Dunfermline, so it's, it's not an easy game for them. And are Forfar and Brecon still to play each other before the end of the season at all? Or, uh, have they played four times already? Um, I'm not sure. Because that would that could be a that could be an absolute cracker if it does come down to that. Yeah, Derby, um, of course, as well. So. Forfar Brecon, Saturday 30th of April. It's the last <laughs> game of the season. There you go. Wow, she was ideal. That would be brilliant uh, if it stays that way. Not for them, of course, but no, for us looking on. Yeah, no, that could that could be a decider, depending on how things go in the next two uh, weekends. Good bad um, to Albion Rovers and Shinrar, though. If Albion Rovers win at the weekend and Shinrar lose, then Albion Rovers are going to the playoff spot. Yeah. Um, because they've got a slightly better goal difference. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think it's quite guaranteed there, late enough. Uh, like I say, Albion Rovers did get their first win since February. Uh, but they are playing Cowden and Beast, too. Who are desperate for the points still, they, they may well have beaten the uh, breaking at the weekend there, but they're still only four ahead of four first, so they'll be still looking behind them. Yeah, not looking great for breaking though. Yeah. No, they, I mean, I think that they, they could have done with picking up something against Cowden Beast, but yeah, it's, uh, it, was a, it was a narrow defeat, but still a defeat. Yeah, breaking and Forfar are kind of clubs that have been up towards the top end of that league in recent years, but they yeah. just both seem to have kind of suffered a a bit of a dip this season um, ultimately could prove costly. There are two clubs that if they were to go down to League 2 and uh, join the other two Angus clubs there, then, of course, uh, any of them that go down via the relocation playoffs would end up in the in the Highland League, of course. So um, mm-hmm. that might be might be of concern to them, but um, I'm sure that's that's for another day. Yeah, they have back-to-back relegations for that to happen, I don't think. <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry. Quite a concern at the moment. Um, moving up to the championship, obviously the the the, the winners Rangers were on petrified training cup uh, duty, but we should say congratulations to Rangers. Uh, they did pick up the the the, the win against Dumbarton in midweek Tuesday night. It was uh, they, they beat Dumbarton one 0 that clinched the title for them. So they will be top flight team next season again. Yeah, nearly biting again. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll probably get we'll probably get pelters if we say anything. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean the the, the interesting bit in the championship has to be Hibs for was it one one seven or something? Hibs lack Hibs lack of form. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely appalling. I, I read a stat that suggested that if uh, the league was done over the last seven games, they'd be bottom. That's how bad the form is. Oh, like we did have Jason Commons as the first goal scorer but uh, as it was Alwa got the only goal of the game that's relegated Alwa who were relegated the previous week <laughs> so they had nothing to play for and still beat Hibs yeah 
Um, a real lack of uh, momentum going into tomorrow night's massive game against Falkirk as well. Which yeah, is... I mean, when you consider Falkirk, that's they've had a couple of three-two late winnings uh, against Rangers and then against Mirren at the weekend. Uh, they're, they're bang on form. They're, they're banging momentum. They're banging confidence. They're banging in the goals. It's it's it's, it's Falkirk. I think it's Falkirk's to lose at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. But having said that. I wouldn't write off Wraith Rovers. They've been in a decent run of form. Uh, picked up the 2-1 win against Queen of the South, away to Queen of the South, at that, which has clinched the the fourth spot in the, the league. Well, I say fourth spot. They can still catch Hibs. Yeah, they're, 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 they're creeping up in the my Hibs have still got a couple of games in hand. but uh... It doesn't really matter at this point because they can't catch Falkirk. They've only got three games left or ten behind. So yes, third right. will play fourth and that play off. It's just a case of whether uh, Wraith Rovers are, are third or fourth. Hibs are still probably... Hoping they can overtake Falkirk, but uh, they've got the two games in hand, which they'll, they'll need to play at some point. Yeah. Obviously, it won't be uh, this week, this midweek coming because that'll be Falkirk's thirty-fourth game. But given so, the, the form Hibs are on, you know, if they were to finish, um, you know, third or even fourth, I suppose, um, and play all six games, would you fancy them no. based on their current form? No, I, to I, win I, all six of them. I'll you know, be honest. Even fancy winning two no, games or exactly. one game. I couldn't fancy two. Wraith Rovers have been a sticking point for Hibs throughout the season anyway. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the, the playoff becomes Falk at Wraith Rovers to see who goes on and plays whoever it will be in the Premiership. Aye. I, I, yeah. I, I don't fancy Hibs' chance of getting out this season. No. It's, uh, to add, sorry. To add to that as well, the, the, the game on Saturday as well, the Scottish Cup. Yeah. So We are surprisingly their favourites. Is that why they're playing Falkirk in midweek? Uh, I, don't for the weekend. I, don't whether, I don't know whether that's maybe their game in hand or not. They did rack up a load of games in hand. Um, obviously, they were involved in the the, the Scottish Cup uh, weekend just recently. Um, obviously, they, they played Inverness then. Um, they, I think they might have had something which would have been rescheduled for the following midweek as a result of their involvement in the League Cup final. They obviously played the, the replay against Inverness just a few days after that, so... Um, they've certainly rack, racked up the, the games in hand, but uh, their their form doesn't suggest like they're prepared to, to make the most of them. Well, playing Falkirk isn't a game in hand because that's I think that has been moved from Saturday. <coughs> right. Okay. They, they play Rangers on the twentieth of April, so that's a week on Wednesday. Then they've got Morton who beat them three 0 recently. Yep, and that's away. And then the, I think the other game in hand is at home and then Barton. The Tuesday after that, so they've got a lot of games to play before we get into May. Aye. I mean, that's okay. what one, two, three, four <coughs> league games in April, plus the cup game we play. And there's the, and of course, there's the suggestion from uh, quite a few hibbies that uh, Stokes and Thompson have, have actually proved to be uh, you know, a little bit of a, a kind of distraction for yeah. them. You know, they've, they've, they've not, not really added in the way they. They uh, anticipated so. No, I was laughing when I brought up the Mavuki website in anticipation for the later on. We're talking about the, the, picking the charity bet for the weekend, and one of the enhanced prices that Mavuki have is Anthony Stokes to score in both halves. <laughs> I wouldn't, oh. I wouldn't put money on Anthony Stokes scoring in any half at the moment. No, it's just like he, he had. A, I seen the highlights on sports scene, uh, and he had a header against Alwar that just went absolutely nowhere. <laughs> he just doesn't look like a guy in form. No, he's not done his chance. It's not done his hopes of any kind of move in the summer any good anyway. No, 
No, because no. You, you wouldn't expect Hibs to want him. It was, it's almost, remember when he was talking about where he was going to go uh, in January when he was on loan for Celtic and he was talking about maybe going to Inverness or, or something like that. I'm, I'm wondering if Inverness think they could have done better with him or if they think they've dodged a bullet or... I think Hughes would have still liked to have him, I'd imagine. Yeah. You'll know better, aren't they? But oh, he was, desperate. he was desperate to have him, aye. Um, and he was kind of moaning about the fact that he wouldn't return his calls and um, he almost took it a wee bit personally. Uh, you know, the, the snub from from Stokes as he as he obviously opted for Hibs, but um, I'm, I'm sure he would have absolutely loved to, to have had him. And he's, to be fair, he can rightly point to the fact that he's got the best out of him on, on both Occasions he's he's managed them previously, so um, that, you know, it might well have worked out better at Inverness. But uh, yes, no, it, uh, it it certainly hasn't really had the the intended effect at uh, at Hibs. The problem he'll have as well in the summer is whether anyone will actually pick up his wage bill or whether well, he's still what maybe got a year left in his contract with Celtic, has he? I think he does, yeah. Yeah, I think so. So, and the clubs down south aren't exactly going to be that impressed with him either, even if no. they want to take a chance. But that probably was part of Celtic's thinking, rather than, you know, Stokes playing for his future with Celtic. It was probably more uh, a chance for him to put himself in, in the shot window in the hope that they could command a, if not a fee, then at least, as you say, someone to take on his, his wages. Um, maybe a, a nominal fee, I suppose, from a club down south, but yeah, I, I certainly can't imagine they would get much for him. Uh, no, I don't see it. No, so that's uh, that's the woes of Hibs. It's odd to say that Hibs have got woes because they are still in the they are still in the playoff spot. They're in the Scottish Cup semi final, but this time next week they might be in the final. <laughs> yeah, when, when they are playing a Dundee United team that are uh, probably pretty demoralised, um, and it's probably a good time to move on to them actually. Uh, we're talking about the Premiership and. Was this the weekend that United's dream of escape and relegation finally ended? Not quite yet. As far as I'm concerned, yes. I was at this game and uh, they were woeful. Absolutely terrible. Um, they just added nothing to the to the match. They, they um, yeah, just looked looked defeated, really, from uh, from the moment. Miles Story deservedly put Inverness a goal up. You know, they, uh, they, they'd started okay, actually. They, uh, one it seems to be a common theme. Yeah. I, would, I mean, obviously, Dunny United did the game on Tuesday night at uh, Fur Hill as well. Yes. As part of Thistle. And, but to all intents and purposes, they battered Thistle. Yeah. And then Thistle scored. Which seems to be, that seems to be Dunny United's big problem this season. The they're not they, clinical enough yeah. from there in front of goal and their defence leaks like a sieve. Yeah, that's right. Aye. The, um, I mean, the, the start they had against Inverness wasn't... Uh, you know, it wasn't exactly dominant as such, but uh, it was promising. But uh, Inverness, as soon as they kind of got in the mood, they there only looked like one winner, and uh, it was uh, just a um, very concerning performance for for Dundee United. Just a, you know, at a time of, of real need, and uh, obviously the, the defeat was compounded um, by Kilmarnock picking up their first win in several weeks to. Uh, and, and, and emphatically at that as well. Yeah, yeah it's, it's Lee Clark's first win since taking charge. Uh, like you say, it was emphatic. Uh, I think Boyd hit the post before uh, he got the, the goal for the free kick. Um, they, they were denied one as well, I think. They, they had one deal out for offside in the first That's time. right, yeah. yeah. Uh, was it Boyd again, was it? Or? It might have been Higginbottom. <laughs> Aye. I know, I know Higginbottom got the second. 
uh, and then Boyd obviously got the, the third for the spot. But um, yeah, it was it was like given the Dundee United lost and Kamarnock were desperate for the win, and it's it's probably been a good week for Kamarnock. Yeah, because Dundee United could have closed that gap significantly. It was I mean, if they picked up the, the three points against Partick Thistle, the gap was down to two. Yeah, but they're now looking at a gap of eight points. That's right. Yeah. You think eight points over five games is, is a massive amount to make up. Just giving themselves too much to do. I mean, yeah. they, they they looked at one stage as if they they were going to put a run together, but uh, you know there have been setbacks and amongst that as well. Um, and it's it, it's just too little, too late really for for United. They yeah. they look doomed. And I think Paul Payton was speaking after the game about uh, you know the championship already actually. Um, and how hard it could be for them to, to get out. So, you know, for for him to be looking, you know, realistically to, to, towards that eventuality is maybe just uh, an acceptance of, of, of where United are. It's it's too too much to do, I think, uh, at, at too late a yeah. stage I think, of the campaign. I think across the course of the season, they, they obviously struggled at the start of the season under McNamara. They seemed to get worse when Mixie Patterlining came in at first. Mm-hmm. I still think Mixer's the right guy for the job. I just don't think what he has uh, resource-wise is enough. I, 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 I don't think that, I think he's tried his best to get the players, and did they, they have closed the gap a bit since uh, since he well, I even since he initially took over the fair away, but they've, they've regained that gap. So it's kind of balanced out. I think it had to go backwards before it could go forwards. Yeah, and I, st- I think that will probably continue. Unfortunately, they, they, there'll be another sort of step backwards when they inevitably dropped into the championship and have to adjust their life down there. And like you say, it's not going to be easy to get out of there. You're going to have to look at Hibs. This is their second season there. There's a good chance they'll be spending their third season in it. If Dundee United come down, it'll be another team for Hibs to, to challenge for the title against. Depending on what happens in the playoff, they might be up against the likes of Ray Throwers and Falkirk again. You would imagine St Mirren will be fighting back uh, under Alec Ray. There's a, the lot of, there's a lot of uh, challenge in there. I mean, even Dunfermline coming don't, up. Don't forget Dunfermline, yeah. indeed. Yeah. That would be, be difficult as well. So it's going to be, the Championship's going to be a really exciting division next season. And maybe a little bit more uh, up for grabs, you could say, uh, with the absence of... I mean, if, if Hibs were to, to still be in that division, then obviously they'd be the, the clear favourites. But um, it, it, it's not as if, you know, there's... The, you know, Rangers and Hibs... Uh, sorry, Rangers and Hearts in, in the previous two seasons have, have kind of run away with it. And, you know, yeah. going by how Hibs have fared, you're not entirely convinced that they would do the same uh, if well, they I were mean, to spend a third season there. But What what Hibs need to look at is the example of Rangers, because Hibs are basically in the position Rangers were in last season. Uh, obviously, Hibs overtook Rangers in that uh, sort of fight for the playoff spot behind Hearts. Yes. Uh, this season, it's looking like Falkirk might be the team that do that to Hibs. So it's almost as if Hibs are in exactly the same position as Rangers were this time last year. So what Hibs really need to do is regroup, put together a decent core squad of young players and, and take on the Championship the same way Rangers have last season. Absolutely, but uh, of course they could they could still work their way into the into the Premiership. Uh... But yeah, I mean, the, the, we don't know until the playoffs are finished because, again, what we say, if they were in the position that Rangers were in, Rangers did make the playoff against one of them. <coughs> Yes. Now, it kind of fell, fell apart for them, for them after that, but they, they still got themselves in that position, having had to come through the the first and second downs of the championship side of the tie. The problem for Hibs will be, though, holding on to players, because you would think if they don't come up, 
there's been obviously interest from English clubs and comments yep. whether he'll want to stick around for another season. McGinn, he's in a Scotland international, will he want to stay in the Championship? Henderson will return to Celtic. Henderson will return to Celtic. Um, so I probably could have. Yeah, the, was a few players would think. Um, I think the, the troubles for going back to the Premiership with Dundee United, over, well, were doubly compounded by the fact that Hamilton also get their win. And just, just as Kilmarnock were good for their win against St Johnson, I thought Hamilton looked good for their win against the Dundee. Certainly oh, with a stuff. About the blue, eh? Yeah, I, I mean, we certainly had the Dundee in the charity bit, but, but I mean, it, I thought the, from the, the highlights, it looked as if Bain kept Dundee in the game. Yeah, um, just one of these performances that, that sort of came out the out the blue for for Hamilton because um, it's it's been a bit of a hard luck story in in recent weeks. But they've they've picked up some occasional kind of points. They've obviously they obviously took a, a point off Celtic. They they beat Inverness, um, but I mean overall their their run been pretty miserable. Um, so yeah, no, it, it just came together for them really. It, it, it seems and. Um, it couldn't have come at a worse time for for Dundee, obviously, given that yes. they were, uh, you know, the, the the result cost them their their place in the top six, which they've uh, they've occupied for for most of the season. But uh, yeah, I mean, that, this is the, this is probably the argument against the spot. It's like, like, there is very little separating Bolivar St Johnston, Ross County, Dundee, and Partick Thistle, and even Inverness. To an extent, yeah. the, the, the last game before the spot to play tomorrow night, that's Tuesday night. Yes. Now, that is against Hearts, so that's going to be a difficult game for them. But it's up to Inverness, you never know. So, I mean, they, they could, Inverness could conceivably be sitting just a single point behind Ross County. Yeah, they are. Uh, but because they, it's game 33, they can't catch them. No. Which, the, uh, the, the news as soon as it went full time on, on, uh, yeah. on Saturday that. Uh, that result had come too late for them, uh, which was, you know, added to the frustration because uh, there there haven't been enough performances of a, a similar ilk to to get into that uh, top six. That was only their their second win and from their from their last ten games. So, um, yeah, the, the form no, hasn't been great. No, but uh, I mean, it was it was actually County's victory against Thistle that, that cost them. Um, they needed that result to end in a draw. Um, yeah, Hamilton, they'd Hamilton. Been the 42 then. They would have, yes, aye. And I think Inverness, if they win against Hearts, would be 42 with a better goal difference than the three of them. Yeah. yeah. The Hamilton result helped them, uh, Inverness, but uh, it was County, their, their rivals, that uh, inflicted the, the fatal blow. So, uh... Well, that's that. It's, I mean, Inverness obviously had that fantastic season last season, picked up the Scottish Cup, they, they, they finished third in the league, the, the highest ever. Uh, if if as, as good a season as Inverness had this last season, it's it's been Ross County's done this season, surely. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, I mean, how how valuable has Schalke been for his, his goal scoring? Goal I mean, scoring and in particular important goals as well. Yeah, I mean, he obviously got the goal, the only goal against Partick Thistle, which has clinched the the top six. He got the goal. Uh, that was it. The second one, I guess, Celtic he got. And he got the third one. Uh, third third one, one, which kind of I developed a bit. Of, uh, a, a bit of a gap there, yeah. yeah that that, that then, really gave County breathing space. And then clearly he got the winner in the final. Yes, hi. Um, so he's, so he's popped up at just the right time for them. He has because he was struggling to break into the team when he first arrived. Um, he, he was a, a signing out with the transfer window, so a wee bit short on, on match fitness. Um, good pedigree though. He's you know a former Dutch under twenty one international. Um, 
he was playing in the in the Eredivisie for Go Ahead Eagles last season and scored four times. So, I, I, you know, when he signed, I was, uh, you know, quite intrigued to see how how it was going to work out. And it's not as if County are, are short of options up front because uh, no, we seem to have not mentioned Liam Boyce in ages. <laughs> no, I mean, of, of of all of them, he's he's probably gone through the uh, you know the worst run of form and not not helped at all by by back-to-back injuries although the second one didn't didn't actually keep him out for any, for for any games at all but um it's it's been a, a wee bit of a a drought for for Liam Boyce really I think it's one goal in 12 games and uh, maybe thir- 13 games if you include the substitute appearance against Thistle um since the the turn of the year so uh, in that time Alex Schalk and Brian Graham have been the two that have mm-hmm. That have been scoring more more regularly, so uh, you know that's who Jim McIntyre handed the the nod on on, on Saturday too. Um, David Bully's not got off the mark at all, but uh, and of course Craig Curran's still still injured. But uh, but no, Schalke has been you know a very important part of uh, what County have done, um, certainly in the in the business end of the season. Good well, he'll probably be in a similar situation to Stokes in the summer. Who's going to want to take him on? I think it's a bit of a slightly different situation than that he just hasn't had a chance. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what he needs. He looks a kind of bereft of confidence any time I've seen him. I think we questioned it on the podcast when he first when he made that one signing. It was why is he going to Ross County? I mean, he, he couldn't play uh, in the League Cup final because he was obviously suspended. Uh, cup tied, sorry. Yeah, uh, and it's not as if. Ross County were short of strikers. Yeah. So it was difficult to see how he was going to get a chance. He was almost better off staying at Aberdeen where he might have been able to get a chance. He wasn't to know that uh, Adam Rooney was going to get injured. Yes. Which probably would have, would have given them more of a chance. Obviously, Church has come in and, and done the business in that position anyway. Um, but again, would Church have come in if Goodwill not uh, went out and won? I think perhaps. No, uh, probably probably by Aberdeen's uh, kind of own doing that they, you know, Forced to move actually in order to make way for for Church. Um, they certainly they weren't getting the same return from Goodwillie in terms of goals uh, as they they now are from Church. Um, so I think it, it probably was to sort of free up a bit of space. Um, I should say I think squad. Aberdeen made a good move there actually. I think Church yeah. has been a, a, an astute signing. A better uh, value for, for money, I would say. Yeah. Um, without without a shadow of a doubt. Um, Goodwillie, I think you know he can certainly still salvage his, his career, but he he just needs to find somewhere where he's going to be given the chance to play every week and and lead the lead the line regularly for for you know a, uh, you know a, a team in the in the Premiership, which I think could still happen. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up at maybe Partick Thistle. Or, That's what or I was thinking like about that. Hamilton, maybe one of those two. Aye. Uh, yeah, um, you'd be a good signing for that kind of that kind of level. Well, he would, yeah, and and that's where he he can you know really rediscover his his mojo if you like, because um, I've no doubt he's a a real talent. Um, he, he showed it in, in flashes with Aberdeen. The the three one win at Tynecastle earlier in the season was uh, was a, a class performance by him. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it, it never really happened as as consistently as it. Uh, as it did earlier in his, his career when he was uh, just a, a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed uh, youngster coming through with, with Dundee United. 
Yeah. Well, you might. I suppose we should talk about it now because you mentioned the three-one-one uh, time castle earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we just I talk about that. Yeah, didn't Yeah, he did a bit. So obviously there was a Friday night game at Tynecastle again, Aberdeen visitors. Uh, and to be honest, I th- it started almost exactly the same way as that game you mentioned. Started in fire. Yeah, I mean we mentioned Church. He seems to be good value for your first goal scorer at the moment. Yeah. Um, that's like that's twice in a bit of space a week. I thought I don't want you to put money in Church being first goal scorer. I haven't done it. It it's works in the post really well. Yeah, I, I thought the. Harbour again at that position. And in fairness, the play before it was actually a really nice play as well. It was a, a good bit of interplay eventually. Uh, Shani got in the position to put the cross in, and, and Church was there to meet it. So, was that four minutes or something? Aye, four thought, minutes, aye. Yep. I thought I was area to target. I know uh, Suter's been getting good reviews at Hearts, but that's been mainly playing centre back. He's, he's, I don't think he's quite as good at right back, but we, apart from that goal, we probably failed to capitalise on that. In the first uh, ten minutes, it, yeah, as, as you were saying, it couldn't really have been much more one-sided. Um, I think you know the obviously the Aberdeen's attacking players were were seeing a lot of the ball and managing to to create some real menace. But um, I think I think Hearts kind of changed. You know, they they tweaked things a wee bit and and sort of stopped Aberdeen's threat at, at source a wee bit. They they, they kind of uh, prevented those attacking players from. From making an impact in the in, in the danger areas and um, you know made made things a little bit more of a, a kind of tightly contested midfield battle, which uh, they ultimately won. Yeah, we yeah. definitely struggled with that. And it's not just that, but the likes of Hayes and Hayes especially can never really get into the game. No, yeah. I think I think that, the, the the two key elements was was Hayes never get into the game because Hearts managed to keep him quiet, and I think the other aspect was McGinn had a shocker. But, yeah, it's finishing uh, the tour. Four, four, four good chances. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I, chances. I don't think we can. Hearts, Hearts probably they certainly played better, but I would say I wouldn't have had the better chances. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Eh? Yeah, um, I mean, it could have run away from from Hearts in the same way as it did in the, the September game if uh, McGinn had taken a couple of the, the early chances he had. But you know, even after that, he, he had the header in the second half, which he should have done better with, and. There was one that he side-footed by the post, uh, by which time it was already 2-1. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it certainly it was a a night of, of missed opportunities and, uh, well, a big missed opportunity in the, in the context of the of the, the table as well. Yeah, I mean, we, we mentioned uh, it went 2-1, obviously, but it was two goals from Wanma. Yes. The first goal was to shot that Wanma forward in. Now, there was no uh, hint that it was offside or anything. I know no, no. Aberdeen looked like they were claiming for it, but the replay showed he was clearly onside. Do you think Scott Brown should have done better? Without yeah, a shadow of a doubt, yeah. He, he's got to be parrying that wide. Yeah. I, 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 it's often a criticism I hear of the keepers, and it's not just enough for them to get something behind it to keep it out of the net. They need to get it away as well. Yeah. Um, and I, I think you're right. I think he had to tap that round. I don't think it moved all too much for him. I don't no. think he had a good sight of it the entire way in. Um, so this, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a decent night from Ostock, uh, but I do think should have been close down to Ostock. He's got because he likes to yeah. do that. Yeah, it's not as if he's an unknown. <laughs> he's done yeah. this. I think he'd, uh, I'm pretty sure it's having the equaliser uh, late on against Celtic in kind of December time. Yeah, yeah he's watching him as well. He kind of got a bit of about him. He's uh, got kind of a <laughs> fancy done defender. Uh, yeah, scored scored a belter against Hibs at Easter Road, of course. Uh, remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no. It, 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 as you say, it's not as if it was an unknown kind of 
you know, threat that he had there. But um, yeah, you know, you know, he was. Stuart McCall pointed out it probably should have been Kenny McLean that was uh, closing him down. You know, as the sort of most advanced midfield players that, that Aberdeen had, um, that was sort of in in the vicinity, if you like. But um, no, he, he was able to to really shape that shot up, and he got decent purchase on it. But you know, uh, there wasn't much that that was there to sort of fool Scott Brown. I don't think. Uh, no. It took a little bit of a a bend, but uh, didn't didn't squiggle or anything like that, like a a John Rankin shot of the of the past. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it, it it certainly looked as if it was. Uh, you know, it should have been dealt with better, and uh, obviously couldn't couldn't really have fallen any better for for Juan Mata. Took it home. No, no. Juan Mata's first goal since January as well. They were talking about it. Like uh-huh. Derek Rayank or whoever uh, jinxed it by saying, "Aye, aye, Juan Mata has no scored since January." What they bind into? It was like I was listening to the Celtic game on the radio on Saturday, and then they were talking about, "Oh, I can have missed his penalties in a bad run of form." Does it look like scoring? And then what happens? Behind a double. I think it was one of those weekends where the ducks were being broken all over the place and the results were going almost sort of commentator's jinx. There's one thing as well, I need to touch on in the Hearts game. That boy Rossi, like, surely someone needs to be having a word with him when the suitor was off, off the field getting treated and he just basically took a dive when no one near him. How replay he... replay picked that up, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just standing by himself. Don't go on. It was quite clever and I wish we'd done that for the second goal. Something similar, much as I don't like that kind of gamesmanship, but how's that? How's he allowed to get, get away with that? Well, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, but I think that the problem with the second goal is that obviously I still was out of position and he was down. And it was... I, what I don't understand is why didn't the referee wait until I still was ready again? I know, was it McLean that took the free Stop, kick quick? Was that, was it was, that head, yeah. was that a head knock, so does he have to? Well, I suppose he doesn't have to, but usually if somebody's down, you stop yeah. playing with it as a head you, you, you don't restart the play. Yeah, he was being helped by Shinny, and he, you know, he had the, the kind of leg up, yeah. as if he was sort of helping him, as you normally see players you know, cramp. dealing with cramp. Yeah. But, um, so that's not just one uh, Aberdeen player that's out of position, that's two. Yeah, and it's well, half the defence. Right. Because I mean, when you when you think of you know when it was Wanma that committed the foul that um, you know Aberdeen won the free kick from, uh, and when you consider where Taylor was when Wanma's scoring the the goal, getting the getting the contact on it, it's yeah. edge of the box. You know, it's miles away from where he needs to be. Um, so it's poor. It was just poor game management. Um, you know, lack of kind of communication and. Uh, you know, not just the decision to take the free kick, but the the, the execution, execution was terrible yeah. as well. Yeah, because he put um, it straight out. And then yeah, yeah, and Jamie Walker. And then, like, I mean, Jamie Walker has been uh, in a bang-on form at the moment. Uh, ah, and he spotted the gap. And, uh, yeah. Absolutely. And I, I thought he was gonna, that was going to run out, and he caught yeah. it before it did. Why she got it back, obviously, and why am I put it on in it? Yeah. Um, Reynolds was picked up on his way, the fact he never stopped the cross, which... I'm not going to be too critical of that. Like I say, maybe Reynolds thought he did just enough. Like Walker did slow. catch it just at the edge. Yeah. Uh, if anything, it was it was the likes of all Flood not falling in. I thought it was more of a problem because Wamba was basically unmarked, and Flood was the nearest player to him. 
Yeah. It's spoke about McLean as well, the fact he hadn't filled in after the free kick that he should have maybe filled in because mm, I in place are like shitty. Like, but uh, just, just a bottom line is it you know shouldn't really have been taken in that way. You know uh, the free kick should have been um, you know should have been wait should have waited until the at least one of the the players was uh, was up off the ground and if yeah. Taylor needed physio attention then you know there's there's no harm in uh, you know, stopping to to allow that to happen. It's uh, yeah. you know, the game. The, the, the game can be stopped. I think the oddest thing about the fact that they took the free kick so quickly is even if he'd executed it right, I don't think it was gaining Aberdeen all that much. No, it's not as if he was in miles of space. <laughs> he was out wide. He was kind of. I wouldn't say he was marked, but there was there was there was Hearts players near him. Yeah, which would have been able to stop any quick progress up the park. So it's not as if he were gaining anything by. But take me free kick that quickly. Not just a rush of blood to the head, I think. Yeah. I think the thing as well with Friday that came back to haunt us again was lack of depth in the squad because there was nothing on the bench to change it. And even the only one that maybe was Cammy Smith, and I don't think McKenna's really right, Smith. I think he's just there as a squad filler, to be honest. I think your, your hand was obviously forced as well with the early injury to Jack. Have we heard who he is? McKerris uh, was saying after I, I actually covered this game I don't don't normally cover Aberdeen but uh, we were lighting numbers and thereby desperate <laughs> um, but no the, um, McKerris was saying weeks not months but uh, it was a obviously a, a knee injury that he picked up so I think it probably will it, it could end this season if, you know quite quite yeah. plausibly but yeah I mean, if it's, if it's weeks then I mean there's only a few weeks left of the season now so <coughs> That's right, yeah. So it's about five weeks to the, the last game of the season. Yeah, it's May the fifteenth, is it? Yeah, five weeks. So yeah, like you say, if he's out for that length of time, that's that's the season done. So if you say weeks, not months, then that's good because then he'll be back uh, for pre-season. Exactly, yeah. Ready for the the, the European campaign, which is a while ahead. But I don't think him going off though affected the game. He wasn't particularly playing well anyway. So I don't. I wouldn't point to that as being a a factor in us losing. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I know he's mentioned about flooding the goal, but I don't think Wallace had a particularly bad game either. So no, I don't. I, mean, I don't. I don't think he made too much difference. To it had already gone one-one by the time Jack came off. Yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, yeah, after the game, it was, it was interesting to hear the, uh, the the two managers discussing it, and, and Hearts are still targeting second. And I mean, rightly so. They're, they're, they're nine points behind Aberdeen at the moment. If they can beat Inverness, that'll be down to six. Uh, six is. It's not unreasonable to overhaul in five games, but it's, it's it's still a difficult task for them. Obviously, Aberdeen and Hearts will play each other. Yeah. So that, that that could account for three points. So then they're looking just for Aberdeen to drop three more points somewhere on the way. But even even McInnes was was more sort of well, we need to keep Hearts at bay. Than uh, I think he pretty much conceded that it's, it's definitely Celtic's to throw away now. Um, yeah, I mean, what we were talking about earlier, I mean, Dundee United are eight points behind Kilmarnock, equally Aberdeen are eight points behind Celtic. Now, I think it's a lot easier for Aberdeen to make up eight points when you're the team that is near the top of the league than it is for Dundee United to need to make up eight points at the bottom. But I still think it's it's going to be very difficult for Aberdeen to pull that back. Yeah. I, um, I don't think anyone really thinks, even the most optimistic of fans, thinks that it will happen. I think, I mean, his comments came, um, obviously, before... Celtic's uh, result on, on Saturday, but um, even at that stage, you know, it was it was seen as an opportunity to kind of pile a bit of pressure on and reduce the gap to two points. Yeah. 
obviously that wasn't that wasn't capitalised on. So, um, yeah, I mean, we should mention that uh, like, so the broader chance to to extend the lead a bit more than or to extend the, the, the lead at the top of the table a bit more on the Tuesday night because they only had a nil nil draw with Dundee. Um, I, I can't say I'm disappointed that Dundee didn't make the top six because the last two teams we've played them it's been a, a goalless draw. So, uh, <laughs> well, having said that, they've been replaced by Ross County and we know what happened uh, in the League Cup. So That's what's cost possible. Dundee too many draws. 14, yeah, that's that, yeah. 33. I think Michael Stewart touched on it, the fact that they've had the same winter wins as Hamilton. I actually think that Dundee have disappointed a wee bit this season. I thought they, they should have been to, definite top sets, especially the goals it. that Hemi just scored. Well, that's it. They've been an odd team because when they've been good, they've been really good. I mean, what, what, it was 5-2 the week before. <coughs> so had a, that, that one was a, an emphatic one over uh, Ross County. Yeah, that, that really swung things in their favour, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, what I say, Dundee have been good. They've been really good, but just it's, it's just haven't been good enough. I think it's the problem that they haven't picking up all these silly draws. And, yeah, uh, certainly something to build on there. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah definitely. And I think, it's, oh, because they've already started strengthening their squad. I mean, they've got pre-season contracts tied up for a few different players. Uh, yeah. There's, there's going to be some, some good players coming out of Dundee, so... I think they'll, they'll be wanting to watch next season, certainly. But, uh, yeah, it's always a, a team that's uh, you know picking up too many draws is obviously quite a, a good platform to work with. Uh, you know, it gives uh, it allows you to sort of you know, try and tweak things in order to um, you know find a bit of magic that's going to uh, come up with more points over the course of the season. And um, they've certainly got players that are capable of, of proving the difference. Maybe uh, perhaps it's been. You know, defensive uh, concerns that they've they've had, um, because I mean, Kane Hemmings' form. Any any team that's got a, a striker that's scored that number of goals, and players like Greg Stewart and Gary Harkins chips in with a fair few as well. You know, when when you've got players like that, they they can be game changers. So it, it is quite puzzling um, to sort of work out why you know they've uh, they've drawn so many games, but. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they can address that. Uh, Hartley's done a, a very yeah. good job there, so uh, I'm sure he will, uh, you know, manage to tweak things in the in the summer. Yeah, and um, I think Dundee they've got one thing left to, to look forward to this season, and it might be relegating Dundee United, depending on how the, the fixtures fall. It's uh, well, it's Monday night now. But, but I think the fixtures are possibly coming out tomorrow. Yeah, it was meant to be today. Yeah, um, I, so think, I think I think somewhere along the way the computer say, brought down. No, I think the computers decided what they are. They haven't been released because the TV's picking what they want to show now. So I think it'll be tomorrow before, and then we'll find out properly yeah. which games the TV's picked up and we won't have to have people changing their plans early because the fixtures might get announced and then TV doesn't want later on. So I think yeah. it's probably a better way to do it. I mean, it's, it's not as if there's any hurry. Obviously, there's, there's no fixtures this weekend coming with the, the Scottish Cup semi-finals ahead. But. Uh, it doesn't give you too much time to plan... Uh, for the first game, I suppose that's only really ten yeah. days away. But uh, yeah, but I mean, that's, that's like, how it always is. Difference if it's Monday or Tuesday, you know. Like, yes. we're, far, we're just far enough away that that's, that's probably okay. Ah, there's no, there's nothing you can really do, I suppose. I mean, it would be worse if they announced them on Monday and then like, you were already planning for the Saturday and the TV moved it to a Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that would probably annoy a few people, but so it's probably it's probably better than they're doing it now. But such is the the woes of the sport. Um, so I mean, we should go into the the Celtic game. It was the, the lunchtime Saturday kickoff 
following uh, Aberdeen to defeat Celtic. Uh, obviously, went out. Uh, they came flying out of traps, actually. I don't know if that was a reaction to Aberdeen losing or if it was a reaction to, to the, the criticism that they got on Tuesday night against Dundee. But um, if it wasn't for a, a certain goalkeeper in, in the Motherwell team, uh, it could have been a lot more for Celtic, certainly in the first half. I, mean, I, I think someone in the first... Someone in the first half referred to him as the talented Mr. Ripley. <laughs> Which I quite liked. No, that's quite good. I mean, I mean, even in the highlights that you see in the sports scene, I counted a shot for Beaton, a shot for Griffiths, a shot for Kazim Richards, a shot for Kieran Tierney, a shot from Roberts. It's just like half the Celtic team had a shot at him and he kept them all out. Yeah. It's, I, someone, I, th- I seen a start saying that the only person that never had a shot in goal outfield was Boyata. Aye, probably. Every other, every other Celtic player had a shot in goal. Uh, well, it kind of looked that way. I think the, the fact that Tierney was one of the guys I seen in the highlights having a shot, it says it audio. Um, he's not really known for taking the shots. He set up goals more than, more than scored them. Uh, set up both of them, didn't he, Tierney? He set up both of them. In fact, he set up all three, technically. <laughs> Which is bad to But uh, obviously, the, Griffiths missed the penalty. I don't think it was any doubt. It was a penalty. Roberts was failed. Uh, just to the kind of corner of the box. That was an awful penalty. to be a tricky man, but uh, it was a terrible penalty, wasn't it? He, he always put it on target. It's I think Griffiths was joking after the game that uh, Craig Gordon's next on penalties ahead of him, which is, is probably close to the truth, to be honest. Uh, he, might he, a, he might get a chance if Celtic clinch a title in the next couple of games. You never know. Ah, well, I, I suppose if, you're, if you've already clinched the title, you're, no, you're not concerned over if he takes a penalty. So <laughs> <laughs> you get a keeper up, I suppose. Why not? He's come up for corners again before. Um, but yeah, I mean, eventually Celtic did get that goal just before half time. Uh, like to say, Tierney set it up, Griffiths. And it wasn't, it wasn't all that powerful. It was more sort of Griffiths directed it towards goal as opposed to striking it, and it just seemed to catch it up way out. Um, not quite as much as the winner caught it up way out, right enough. I, I certainly don't think though when people are talking about Griffiths suffering uh, from a. a, a the, the few games about goals yeah, I don't think he's a player that suffers from confidence or lack of confidence no it's, it's, it's oh, the last thing I, last, the last thing I would fight uh, Griffiths have been guilty of yeah I think he's a player of confidence well, see, I, I, if, if, if he was a guy lacking in confidence he'd have taken that penalty and you'd never have seen him in the game again exactly That's, that would be, but uh, he doesn't hide um, so he got, yeah. got the first goal uh, and one not at half time, you're thinking, well, it's sort of a battered Motherwell then, as long as they keep doing what they've been doing, they should, they should see that game comfortably. But it's almost as if half time came at the wrong time for Celtic, because they just got the goal. Um, and they came out in the second half, and Motherwell came back in it quite well. I mean, they, they obviously had the ball in the net uh, just before they did equalise uh, for McDonald. Now, we've, we've had a lot of debate over whether this was offside or not in the, in the media the last couple of days. I've seen it. Goodness knows how many times I've seen wines drawn in a pitch. I'm still not 100% sure whether it's No, it's very difficult. I mean, uh, hard to I, say. I don't know how. Yeah, it, it, you'd, you'd think after watching it so many times over, you'd come to some sort of conclusion, but it doesn't seem to really jump out at you, does it? No, I mean, I think Mark McGee was criticising the linesman afterwards, and I think that's incredibly harsh because. If we're sitting here with all the technology and we're still not 100% sure whether he's offside or not, technically speaking, you want the advantage to go to the attacker if you're not sure. So, from that perspective, we should probably give McDonald a go. Um, but the linesman gets one look at it. In real time, it looks like he probably is offside. 
He doesn't get to stop it. He doesn't get to draw lines in the pitch or anything like that. So. His view is possibly blocked as well by the bodies in the road as well. No, I thought he had a clear view. That was pretty clear. My, my inkling was he was on, but uh, it was still very difficult to kind of come to you know, a conclusive decision. Yeah. I thought, I thought, I've, I've seen a few arguments suggesting that his body's winning offside. Right. Because uh, when they draw that line, you can see part of the, the upper body is over the line. So if that's the case, then technically it is offside. So in which case you give benefit, you give credit to the linesman for getting a very marginal decision correct. But I was, I say it's marginal. You could give that either way, and you can't criticise the linesman for it because it is so tight. You just have to call it as you see it, really. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, he's made the decision, uh, and a fair point to Motherwell. They, they they just kept going after that and. Uh, it was Cadden managed to beat Tierney to, to the ball to cut back to McDonald for equaliser. So uh, that was that was Mullen back in the game. Unexpectedly given the first half batter and they got I noticed sports scene seemed to miss the Kazim Richards choke. Oh the uh I had a hand in the face thing. Aye. I don't know what I mean that. I, I looked at, like I know Neil McCann was banging on about it in the sky. But for me it was two guys having a pushing match. If you'd booked the two of them, then fair enough. I don't think I'd have taken any further on that. It was very much handbags for me. I don't think I'd, I don't think I'd call it a choke. <laughs> you surprised at a line-up? 4-3-3? Was it a 4-3-3? <laughs> that played? I don't know. Or did it still look... I I won't, more like... So, uh, like Griffiths was ahead of it, and then you've got, what, Kizzy Richards and uh, Roberts either side of them. Yeah, I know the radio touched on it because they were saying obviously if they are playing four three three three, it's a well view to the the upcoming cup game. But it would be quite interesting I think if Celtic were to play that system. It's certainly helping step so in terms of um, stopping the threat that Tavernier and Wallace have from fullback area. The thing that confuses me about people pinning, saying pinning them back. Yeah, I mean the, the the thing that confuses me about people saying Celtic playing four three three is that to me is what they always play. Yeah, it's it just, like, I know people should sometimes call it four five one. It just depends how far up the park the the other two go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if if Celtic are pushing, then you've got the the central striker supported by two wingers, both fullbacks sit behind the wingers. Um, you forget the midfield is pretty much a midfield. Uh, you might have your so you pretty much have your two defenders sitting back. Uh, with one, maybe two central midfielders sitting in front of them. You, we can almost play to like two, three, five at times. It's like old, old school, like 1920s kind of formation. Celtic are in full attack. Uh, so it, the numbers never seem to make any sense to me. It's like, oh, they're playing 4 5 1 today, they're playing 4 3 3 today. It's like, what's the difference? It's just a central striker supported by a lot of men. Yeah, um, because I suppose you've you've maybe you've got one sort of bursting forward from midfield, uh, be it Johansson. Well, it normally has been Johansson, I suppose this this season, isn't it? Yeah, it's been Johansson um, on occasion. It's or been uh, Rogic, maybe. Or, yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, no. I suppose as, as as you say, it just depends on what the what the game dictates, really. Uh, but um, yeah, I suppose it's it's important to be to be flexible, but it, it does take. More or less the same shape each time. Pretty much. So I uh, we got we, we got the winner through that play. Ironically, after all his good yeah. work in the first half. 
I feel I kind of felt sorry for him because like he had kept uh, Mother in the game in the first half, and it was, to concede that as a winner, it's it's just, it's almost unfair because he's been the one guy for Mother to play really well, and yet he's the one that will get criticism after the game for it. Well, I would say he was the one getting criticism after the game. Actually, Mark McGee was the one getting criticism after the game <laughs> for his snub of uh, Dyla. I I mean I heard about two or three different stories from McGee after the game in that one. At one point, I, th- I think he told Sky that he didn't snub him, he didn't realise he'd done it. And then like, he told like, BBC or something like that afterwards that, uh, oh, I thought Dial had snubbed me earlier on. Yeah, that's what he, that, that's what he said on the sports scene, yeah. Yeah, it's that. kind of, well, one of those stories that can't be true. Right. You, you either didn't realise it had happened or you knew about it and you'd done it on purpose. I heard that when he spoke to the written media after the game, he, uh, he said, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. So, yeah, that's what he told Sky. Aye. Um, so bizarre, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's making that story up as he goes along. Aye. Doesn't... Uh, I mean, it, it kind of smacks of a bit of bitterness. And... Yeah. I can understand if he's unhappy about the goal, the, the, the offside, because I know he was... Let's say there, he, he thought it was a, a, a disgraceful decision, which was disgusting, did he? No, wasn't he? A bit much, aye. That's a bit, that's a bit too much, I would think. It's unfortunate for Mullable, I think it's what it is. It's not, aye. it's not a bad decision. But, uh, aye, it's, I, I can understand his disappointment, but for, I mean, that was Mullable's, what, first defeat in about six. In six, still yeah. still stayed in fourth place anyway. It's still fourth, yeah. I mean, like, that could still be a, a European place if Celtic win a double. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's only a point here this St. Johnson and Ross County, but, now everybody has to play everybody else again, so... Yeah. Motherwell might not be on the European spot because they weren't too happy about the travelling that they've had in previous years. Uh, it cost some money also. Costs as well. And St Johnson have been in Europe the last four seasons um, and it, it, would, it would obviously be something new completely for, for Ross County, which I'm sure they would embrace, so... Uh, Th- this, yeah. this is where I, I get angry because, to me, if Celtic win a double, Ross County should be the team that get it. Regardless of the league, Ross County have won a cup. Yeah. But it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. It no, should work like that, but it doesn't. No prize for winning the League Cup. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. County will finish at four, and you're the lucky Highland mascot. It's, <laughs> that's it's it. just written, go to the, that's that. you, If you just go to the, the, their games, they'll, they'll finish fourth. No bother. It's written in the, in the stars, in the Highland <laughs> stars. And when they win a cup last year, they end up going into Europe. That's Europe, uh, Ross County, much of it as a cup. I should start covering Aberdeen, eh? Well, we'll be in Europe. Like, <laughs> yes, uh, I, I know. But... Our, our hearts, our hearts can uh, guarantee the Europe now. I think. I think they must be. Yeah, they're, they're, they're fifth far off it. Yeah, they're fifth clear of one of them. They've got a ridiculous amount of goal difference. Better. So, yeah. so yeah, I mean, they've obviously got point. a point. A point against Cali. Yeah, a point makes it official, but the goal difference makes a difference because yes. the problems negative goal difference they're twenty one. So yeah, thumped somewhere along the line, which is unlikely. Aye. They should be in Europe. I mean, that's fair enough because the, the, the three best teams in the country have been served at Aberdeen Hearts. So yeah. they should be the representatives for for, for Scotland. Well, I say to me, it should be Ross County. So if there's any justice, Ross County will finish fourth, Celtic will win the cup, and all we won. And that would take us on to an argument about manager of the year. Yeah, you would be hard pushed not to say it was John McIntyre, wouldn't you? You would, uh, just given where County have come from. Um, in so his... was, yeah, if you, if you factor in where, he, where they were when he took over last season, 
Yeah, but, which wasn't really that long ago. He's only been there a year and a half. Yeah. I think Robbie Nelson's done enough to be a contender. I think the third place. The impact he's made in yeah. their first season, up, definitely a contender. Um, I don't think it'll go to McInnes, um as, as good a season as Aberdeen have had. No. No, um, I think uh, Aberdeen have pretty much almost done exactly what they did last season. They're yes. Probably writes off any chance that McInnes has got a win or not. Uh, I suppose the disappointing kind of performances in the, the two cup competitions might uh, yeah. you know, not be won't do too much for, for his case but I still think he's done a, an excellent job this, this season Yeah, um, I think the, the ridiculous aspect that, that probably uh, counts for Dyla as well and Dyla's got no chance of winning because he didn't win the treble Yes uh, He could still win the double Yeah Last season and not win it Yeah Would I you fancy Dyla for it sir? I think Dyla has to be a candidate but Yeah he does sorry. I mean even I'm sitting here thinking eh well uh, are Celtic improved in last season? Yeah. I don't think so. I think they've, I've they've gone backwards. Uh, it's slightly backwards, but backwards nonetheless. I mean, the, what, it's hard not to, if, if you're talking about Scottish manager, it's hard not to factor <laughs> how Celtic did in Europe this season compared to last season. We were miles better than Europe last season. Still not good enough because we still failed to make the Champions League on both uh, occasions against teams with which Celtic have better resources now. Yeah. So in theory, you should be able to beat them, but then football doesn't work like that. Yeah. You obviously made your way through the Europa. Yeah, that, that was nothing. I mean, there was something like 12 points or something like that last season in the Europa League group stage. So, did really well that season. This season, garbage. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think, I, I think from domestically, if Dyla does a double, he needs to be a candidate. I don't think you can say otherwise. No, no, not at all. But um, I think when you compare what Dyla has on offer to what the likes of Jim McIntyre has on offer, what Ross County have done is probably a bigger achievement. I think that, that that's very much what it what often comes down to. Um, you know what what a manager can do with what uh, with what hand he's he's, he's dealt really. Um, and uh, you know John Hughes was a, a worthy winner last season, having uh, you know, obviously yes. steered Inverness to the Scottish Cup and, and third place. Uh, Ross County obviously won't make third place, but uh, I suppose it's just the the rise because this I mean this uh, kind of good season they've had is a continuation of their form towards the tail end of last season. Yeah, uh, McIntyre initially, um, you know, County initially struggled even even when McIntyre came in, um, but once he found his team, um, he made a few key additions and there was almost a. Um, a bit of an epiphany, and they just hit the ground running uh, very quickly, and um, it's it's been pretty much all, all all smiles since then. Really, you know, they've 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 met their yeah. their goals for this season. Uh, I think the the League Cup victory was above and beyond what they what they would have been setting out to do. It's oh, one of I these things. So, yeah. I, mean, I, I, mean, things I, mean, I mean, I would imagine those goals amounted to let's make top six. Top six, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Cups for clubs of that size are just some, you know, a, a bit of a bonus. A bonus again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Same, it's it fantastic. St Johnston and the same for Inverness last season. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's interesting the the difference between the two challenges because you mentioned where, where Jim McIntyre started with us County and he took a bit of time to build them up. Whereas with the likes of John Hughes being manager of the year last season, he kind of came into an Inverness team that were already doing well. Yes, that's a bit. 
And I had to take, yeah. he, he almost had to take him to a new level. So Which was a, that was a different yeah. challenge. And they were all yeah. I mean, that, that was a high level to start with for Inverness. So, well, so for, for him to yeah. come in and do what he did. I mean, there was many people, and I was probably one myself, who thought that was Inverness had peaked. And yeah. they were going to fall away under John Hughes. Now, he's obviously done a great job there. Like say, he's, he took him to third place in Scottish Cup last season. Which they, they, well, more or less deserved. Yes, ah, yeah, they, yeah. They had a bit of a hand, shall we say? Yes, a bit, a bit of luck went their way. <laughs> um, this uh, this season's been a disappointment, though. It's just one that's never really got going for for uh, for Inverness. Yeah, I mean, I mean, technically they could still end up in that playoff place, but yeah, I, 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 I'd, be, I'd be surprised if that happens. I think they've you they've know they've, enough. they've been very inconsistent, but they they have. You know, kind of delivered the the odd result every, you know, maybe a one win from on average four, maybe over the course of the season or, or thereabouts. I think, uh, you know, they they're doing it, able to pluck out a, a victory with a little bit more regularity than you know Hamilton, Kilmarnock have have been doing. So, uh, I think they'll they'll be okay, and they've built up a decent enough margin there. Um, so well, we should probably move on because time is marching on. We uh, don't have any predictions to do this week because it's the Scottish Cup semi-final weekend. Uh, as we touched on, first semi-final is Hibernian and Dundee United. That's uh, two teams not exactly on form at the moment. Shall we say? If anyone fancies a punt, uh, Dundee United are nineteen to ten for that game. Uh, Hibs are eleven to eight, and the draws twelve to five. Hibs are very short odds considering our form. Uh, I genuinely have no idea what to think of that one, but I think the, the, the Hibs have done really well against uh, top flight opposition this season. Obviously, lost that one to Ross County. Um, but they, they, they do seem to have nothing but uh, top flight opposition to play in the Cups this season. So yeah. it's a given that they've made both semi finals. Obviously, made the final in the, in the League Cup, could still make the final in the Scottish Cup. That's, that's a phenomenal record in the Cups competitions. It's just a case of can Hibs continue that run or will they continue the the poor run of form they've had uh, in recent weeks? I, I don't know what to make of this game, to be honest. In fact, I, I, I could say I don't know what to make it either semi-final. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll touch on that other one in a minute. Um, but as, as far as Hibs and Dunyan United are concerned, it, I think what's more likely is that Hibs will be able to find their way through that dodgy Dunyan United defence. Um, whether Dundee United can take their own chances remains to be seen but I think on the balance of it I'm, I'm almost expecting Hibs to be the winner in that one despite their poor form I just think Dundee United's defence is, is woeful <laughs> yeah um, I mean I've, I've not been I, I've seen Dundee United very recently and uh, was was far from impressed Um yeah, they, they they beat County twice up here uh, in succession. Uh, one result, obviously, being the one that, that, that took them to this stage. So, um, I, a very difficult one to call. I just think Hibs, as you say, they've got a very good record against Premiership opposition. You know that that won't phase them playing Dundee United. They've already beaten them this season, um, convincingly at that. Um, I just fancy. I, I think maybe the the change of focus might 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 bring out a, a kind of different Hibs performance, a, a, a bit of a, a renewed kind of optimism um, in their in their play. Um, 
it could, and it, 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 a lot of people are saying it's a, a game they could really do without um, in this hour of need in, in their league campaign. Um, I just wouldn't be surprised if it if it was to click for them. And of course, you know they're uh, they'll be desperate to to come through the uh, you know the, the match in order to get to the final of a competition that has not. <laughs> uh, handed them much joy over the, the last uh, yeah as, as much as you say it's an understatement of the yeah. century uh, as, as much as you say it's a game they could do with it, it is the Scottish Cup and it is, uh, there's a wee bit of a thing hanging over them with that one yeah so yeah it, it could well be a, 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 a different importance place than this one if anything the, 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 you could argue there's probably a, a completely different um amount of stress goes with this game than, than in trying to get back to the Premiership perhaps it is a, a bit yeah yeah. But, just because uh, they have that hanging over them and, uh, yeah but maybe when this isn't their their main focus for once in, in, in the Scottish Cup but by this stage when they've made it you know to the Scottish Cup final in previous seasons I don't think they've had a great deal to be playing for in the league but uh, because they do now it might actually help them not to have that yeah. yeah, you know, for for that not to be magnified and and, and or accentuated in the in the way it normally would be. And I mean, yeah. th- there is a chance it could really clog up the fixtures as well because oh yeah, the, obviously the the Scottish Cup final is scheduled the day before the Premiership playoff final. So if course, if yeah. Hibs make the, make both of them, then they move the Premiership playoff final to the Wednesday or something. That's or yeah, Tuesday. of course. So uh, there is a potential for that fixture to be shifted, <laughs> depending on how Hibs do. So, so that's the the same as it was last season. Then the Scottish Cup final and the, the playoff final in the in the same weekend. Yeah, which I I, I find to be a, a, oh, it's, a ridiculous idea yeah. last season. I mean, it's, it, you want to be able to sell, you know, two of your biggest games of the season in in their own right, but for them to be the same weekend, um, really doesn't maximise the exposure for. Each individual game. No, um, that, and, that's crazy. It, actually, it is, it, it's crazy because for me the, and I, I know it wasn't like this in the sixties and seventies and stuff like that. But for me, the Scottish Cup final is the end of the season. Yes, <laughs> that should be the last game, the showpiece final, the one at Saturday three o'clock. Sunshine, sunshine, yes, sunshine. <laughs> happening. That's a, that's the way it used to be. That's the way it should be, as far as I'm concerned. So to throw in a Premiership playoff, as much as I like. Well, oh, fantastic! Yeah. To a certain extent, I like the premise. I'd tweak it so that there's the relegation straight down, and you know the English kind of method of playoffs, where it's just promotion playoff, a last chance saloon relegation playoff place. But yeah, I mean, it's still it, the playoffs have added excitement. There's certainly, I'm, I'm a big fan of having the playoff system in place. Uh, just it needs to be scheduled better. I think the the problem is that it's scheduled in such a way that it needs to be played when it gets played because the league the, the Premiership League season doesn't finish until the weekend just before the Scottish Cup mm-hmm, yeah um, you're still playing the the previous round of the, the from the Championship playoff just before it so that needs to get completed before you can play the whoever finished 11th yeah that's true so the, the, the fixture scheduling is a bit of a blow with that one so it's kind of hard not to schedule it for this around about the same time as the Scottish yes. Cup but yeah. Such as such as life. So yeah, I mean that's the the first semi final on the Saturday, and then uh, we get the the Celtic versus Rangers game on the, the Sunday. That's uh, I should say the the one thing we haven't mentioned is it's the 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 Petrofac Training Cup winners Rangers. Yes, um, that's another game that I was at actually. Um, did, did, did you just get to all the games this weekend? I did. Yeah. <laughs> 
I was in uh, I was I was in Edinburgh on Friday, Dundee on Saturday, Glasgow on Sunday. So that's not bad. <laughs> um, three three you would get three days and three games. Ab- absolutely. Um, not, it was a strange atmosphere. This one, I've got to say, um, just seemed like a bit of a Rangers carnival from start to finish. Really, you know, just they they they, they had almost complete uh, you know sort of control over the the occasion uh, 48,000 in that stage yeah, yeah. the vast majority of that was Rangers fans and I'm not surprised I mean what, Peterhead have got a small but loyal fan base they were a couple of thousand or so yeah um, their first ever cup final so it never looked like it was really going to be their day but uh, you know, no I think once you, once you open the goals on one goal you think that's it <laughs> Aye, but they, to be fair, I, I didn't think they they capitulated as such. I mean, there was nothing they could have done about Tavernier's second goal. Oh, that's an absolute cracker. It's as good a goal as I've seen all season. Um, so that, uh, you know, no goalkeeper in the country would would have, would have no. stopped that one. Oh, that's, um, that's a goal to me. Yeah, they, they, they didn't offer too much in, in attack, Peter Head, but, uh, you know, they, they had a couple of half chances in the kind of early part of the, the second half and yeah, maybe could have done with uh, you know one of them falling for them to make a game of it, but never really looked like happening. And no. um, maybe the you know the the late two goals maybe yeah, would have I, been. I a think bit, four that was a bit harsh. Uh, would yeah. have been difficult for them to take, but uh, there's no doubt it was a penalty. Miller might post as well with a fourth goal. It's just, but it's, take it's a wee bit of the shine away from it. But uh, yeah, they, they 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 didn't disgrace themselves and. Uh, Rangers were in cruise control, and I'm sure that's what they would have wanted, given that the yeah, I mean, what, let, let's face it on on the balance of everything. This is how Rangers should have been for the very start in the Predator Factory Training Cup. Yes, the I, fact it's taken them four attempts to win it, it is probably a bit of a blemish in Rangers rather than anything else. Yeah, uh, they have finally won it. Obviously, um, in fact, the fact they had. The fact he got a fourth attempt is probably a blemish in Rangers from a certain perspective. <laughs> this was a job that was going to take three seasons, remember? Yeah. It's a competition Sorry. that they'll want to never be taking part in again. But, uh... No, I mean, well, that's it. I mean, they have won it. That's that's something they can now claim that uh, uh, other teams can't, shall we say? Yes, I. Not that some teams would want to claim it. Well, I mean, there's teams that have never participated in it. And oh, yeah. But, but hopefully never will. never will. This cup stuff. <laughs> like it was brought in in 1980 to give smaller teams a chance of winning something. Did I hear yeah. that season that Irish teams are getting involved with the Petra Fat Cup? There's uh, there's talk of it, yeah. I don't, don't think it's been confirmed yet. But uh, no, there was... Uh, I think it was something that Stuart Regan maybe floated earlier in the in the season. Uh, maybe it wouldn't have been Stuart Regan, actually, because it's... it's uh, an SPFL competition, but uh, maybe, Don't I, I can't, can't can't quite remember where it, where oh. it came from. But uh, yeah, no, there was a there was a story along those lines earlier in the in the season. Would be quite a push to get that up and running for next season, I would suggest. But, but, uh, we're kicking it off again in July. Hi. <laughs> no, it's a very early start, and it it's uh, another one of these kind of staggered competitions that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to... they play every round except the final about <laughs> by about November, <laughs> and yeah. it's the final in April. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's it's actually very rare. Peterhead, believe it or not, managed to get semi-final and final both at Hamden. Yeah, because um, with Queens Park the semi. They yeah. did, yeah. A very different atmosphere. Oh, I bet. What it was on. Uh, it wouldn't have been forty-eight thousand at that game. <laughs> no, it wasn't even one thousand. No. But, well, um, was it with uh, three figures kind of? Uh, 900 odds I think it was for that one I um, Peter had travelled quite well I think but, uh, 
yeah, no, it's uh, for for that competition. It, it, very rare to to get both the semi final and the. In fact, very rare to even get the final at Hamden. But you know, that's that's what Peterhead wanted. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I would agree. And I think uh, the the other time the Rangers made the final was against Raith Rovers, and that was at Easter Road. And I know that point some of the Rangers fans were complaining bitterly about that. In fact, yes, you'd obviously take a lot more. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was the same with that get announced that the, this one was going to be at Hamden. There was other people going, "Well, it's just suiting Rangers," and then everyone came out and went, "Yeah, but it's what Peter Head won." It was, yeah. It's, <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> that kind of that kind of just cuts off that argument. It's a non-starter, yeah. Well, it's fair enough. If both teams are happy with it, then go for it. I mean, you get you want to get as many fans through the door as possible. Yeah, yeah. Um... All right, it probably suits Rangers to have as many fans being their fans, but yeah, so be it. Paying punters, never a bad thing. Absolutely. Uh, I tell you what is a bad thing though, the Hamden patch. Oh God. What? How, didn't this get relayed about five weeks ago? Before the League Cup final. Yeah. yeah. And they haven't relayed it again. Ridiculous. Should, wait, the, the other problem I've got with this is, how are they going to relay it in a week? It takes weeks for these things to knit together properly. So, unless I'm missing something here, that pitch is going to last about half of the first semi-final. Yeah. Where it rips up. Hopefully it doesn't rain ahead of it. Otherwise, it'd be severe trouble. You would think it's, it's just—it's going to be an absolute nightmare. I know they're trying to improve it for the the, the, the two semi-finals that are coming up, but is it really going to improve it if they're having to wrap it up? They clearly need to get new people doing the pitch. Aye. Well, wasn't Aye, that that's, condition that's... on Sunday? That's that's for sure. And for for that to be the case, just uh, a few weeks after it was relayed uh, for the League Cup finals, I, I, I can only assume that. They've uh, they've identified some sort of error with the, the way it was laid in the first place, but there's there doesn't seem to be much transparency there. Um, no, all I've heard is the people that relayed it last time are relaying it again for free. Uh, I mean, for one, I, w- I would think so because you've obviously made a complete mess of it this time. Yeah. So, but uh, why would you want? To, it's almost a kind of question. Of, well, you made a mess of it this time. What makes you think you're going to do it right this time? Yeah, un- unless they're they're uh, already resigned to the fact they're going to have to do it all over again in the summer, well, um, and they're they're just viewing this as a, a kind of this is a stopgap. It was a stopgap kind of. So what? Up job. Eh? Final. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, it's it's just one. Kind of comedy after a, another with the, uh, just, the SFA, isn't it? It's, it's Hamden pitch just seems to be a nightmare every single season at the moment. Mm. You have to do something to improve this. Well, whether it's not going to sign down and start again. <laughs> Probably yeah. not. But there, are, there, there must be better solutions to what's going on with it. We'll put that official surface down. I'm sure that would be well. That's another. Given the fact that Queen's Park play on it every other week. Yeah. There's almost an argument for doing that. I think that's half the problem is we've got one of the teams in the SFL playing on that every other week, plus all the sort of showpiece final usage it gets. It's not as if that happens at Wembley, is it? No, no, they don't have any domestic football played there. Uh, you know, until the until the cup final days, really. Uh, well, I suppose the playoffs as well. Um, it becomes busy. Semi-finals. Yeah, it becomes busy around up. about this time of year. Yeah. Um, because yeah, obviously because the playoff finals, the, the, the FA Cup final, the FA Cup semi-finals, they only do the League Cup final because the League Cup semis are played over two legs. Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't get any real use um, yeah. apart from international oh, fixtures. Games, yeah. Um, you know, over the winter months. So, yeah. That's that, that, yeah, yeah. 
but I mean, Queen's Park has got as much right to play there as, as anyone else. You know, that's oh yeah, their, that's, that's the their thing. home you ground. You can't just tell them to go use Lesser Hamden, you know. No, <laughs> as much as I would like to. Aye. <laughs> Oh, it's their ground as much as it's anybody else's. So. Yeah, that's true. Because it's it, it, you know it's uh, rented by the the Scottish FA. You know it's uh, yeah yeah that lease is up in twenty twenty. It is. Aye. And we'll be curious. We'll be curious to know what happens after that. Oh yeah. You'd be surprised if the SFA go anywhere else. To be honest, because people love their history and their tradition. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, actually we should probably go back and speak about the other semi final because we've not actually mentioned the game itself. Um, <laughs> We must just about be the only, <laughs> only people that, that aren't actually. I know. Uh, we're, we're almost trying to avoid it. <laughs> everybody, everybody else is speaking about it. Why should we ball? It's, it's Rangers. Form book goes out the window. Uh, the big old rivalry. Maybe there. You all know the story. The question here is: Have Rangers improved since the last time they played? Well, yes, considerably. <laughs> and uh, but interestingly, you were saying earlier on, um, if you're sort of tackling the, the sort of thought that have Celtic improved at all and you were saying if, if uh, anything they've gone back the way so uh, so I does that lead you to believe it, it might be a much closer encounter well yeah the, the other argument is I thought the last time Celtic Rangers played in the League Cup semi-final last season Celtic managed to win that game at walking pace yeah it was uh, yes it was 2-0 but it was the easiest 2-0 I remember seeing in quite some time that will not be the case this time. Rangers will be miles better. They'll put up a much better fight. They will get at Celtic in areas that Celtic are vulnerable. The question will be, what's who, who's going to make the difference? I mean, if, if Tavernier can strike things like he did on Sunday there, then he's got what you said. He's going to, that no keeper's going to stop that. Um, I wouldn't. I will not be surprised if him and Lee Wallace get into those positions. Fifteen to four, you'll get for Rangers to win. Which it's it's ridiculous odds for that game usually, but. Yeah, well, given one's a premiership team, one's a championship team, it's almost understandable. But, I I think Rangers are going to be a a tough ask for Celtic, because they'll be well up for it, the fans will be behind them 100%. Um, Celtic have been struggling in certain areas the last few weeks as well, so... Having said that, if Celtic can hit the kind of form that they had against Mullerwell at the weekend there in the first half, the game could be finished by half-time. Yeah. So, again, just like the first semi-final, anything could happen this one. Then again, I suppose if, if if Rangers put on the same sort of performances they they did against Dundee, um, yeah, it could could be a, you know, they, they looked at you know pretty much un, unstoppable. That well, that's I mean, Celtic will need to make sure they see out the first fifteen seconds. Yes, I, that's true. But then again, Rangers have been vulnerable in uh, you know other games they've had against. Uh, you know, top flight sides, they obviously drew, they were held to a draw by a poor Kilmarnock team, um, beaten resoundingly by, by St Johnston. So, um, you can read different things into how Rangers have fared against top flight opposition, but the fact is, this is a different kind of approach it's altogether. It's a different atmosphere to this game. Ah, aye, there is, of course. It's, it's not White Point, St Johnston or Kilmarnock. Or no. It's, it's, it's Rangers are playing Celtic here. <laughs> aye. A bit less yeah. pressure though for Rangers because obviously most people have Celtic as favourites. Yeah, so. that's I mean, this couldn't be any better position for Rangers at the moment because the league's done. They've won that. The Petrified Training Cup's in the, the, the trophy cabinet. Uh, they could make the Scottish Cup final by beating Celtic, but if they don't, then yeah, end of season party time. We could end up with an old championship final. What do we That was the last time that happened. 
obviously oh. Championship or Division Two, but I have no idea. Division One, <laughs> but I'm not sure. Eh? SPL stats. I'm sure if, it, if I'm sure if it happens, but like SPL stats will have that tweeted by the end of Sunday. Yeah, yeah, because that would that would mean three out of the last four finalists were Championship sides as well. Given yeah, Falkirk Falkirk as this well. season. Yeah. All right. It's championship taking over Scottish football. Last year, the two, two semi-finals up the underdogs at one, weren't they? Uh, what was that to do? The semi-finals last year, it was both underdogs at one. Uh, yeah, Falkirk beat Hibs and Cali beat Celtic here. Um, so, whether we could get a, a repeat of that, it's about 10 to 1. Aye. The double on Dundee United and Rangers. That would pretty much cap off Rangers' season if they got to play down United on the last day of the season and beat them. Oh, yeah. Given well, how much they detest Dundee United. Honestly, I, I, know, there's, I know Rangers fans at the moment who have more hatred for Dundee United than they do for Celtic or even Aberdeen. <laughs> just because of the... Like, yeah, that, that'll change that season. Yeah, I mean, the, the, like it's almost a sort of cherry on top of their season at the moment is the fact yeah. that United are going to get relegated as they come up <laughs> tell you the, the Ross County fans are sort of uh, looking forward to it in a way because uh, they, they, they totally missed Rangers um, who obviously went down at the same same point County came into the, the top flight for the first yeah, time yeah so they did because yeah. Ross County was so, the team that won the division and then Dundee got the, the place that Rangers vacated that's right yeah, yeah. so um, that'll be something a wee bit new for, for them mm-hmm that'll be well obviously they're now guaranteed that because they're, they're top six so yes aye. it's a case of who, who, who's going to stay up aye. and be there when, when they get the, the Celtic and Rangers uh, visits as that's that I mean there'll be a lot of these teams thinking rubbing their hands together that they, they now have haven't had uh, a couple of seasons of just Celtic turning up and they're going to have Celtic and Rangers fans turning up and filling their stadiums and <sighs> I don't want to say we're getting back to the way Scottish football was because the way Scottish football was five years ago was rubbish. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, it was. I, I read something like it, was it? There was some thing in a newspaper like about a week ago or something like that, that was saying what we don't want in Scotland uh, is a monopoly. What we want is a duopoly. And I thought, do you even understand what a duopoly is? Duopoly is what we had. Yeah, but it was two people running it and nobody else got anything. We don't want that. I want. Exciting. I would like, I'm encouraged by one by one of the things I've seen mentioned on the, the BBC website and that, Hart, that says Hearts should t- target the title next season. That was Arnold Doom that was saying yeah. that, yeah. Good, that's that's the way they should be thinking. Yeah, because yeah, I think it, it, there's a very good chance next season you could have Celtic and Aberdeen and Hearts and probably Rangers all t- uh, vying for the title next season. I think Aberdeen and Hearts have put themselves in a, a good position to, to sort of, uh, you know, maintain that challenge that they've had over, um, you know, certainly the current season and in Aberdeen's case, going back to last season, um, if that can be maintained, you know, with Rangers coming up as well, yeah, you know, the, the potential's there for more points to be kind of dropped or shared between the teams. Yeah. Um, you've got the potential for, you know, intriguing encounters before between the between the four teams there. Um, I mean, and, a four-way title challenge in Scotland. Yeah. Can you imagine it? Yeah. I mean, right, some bigger divisions would be uh, jealousy. Like, I should get two ahead of ourselves because it's a bit premature to say Rangers will challenge. We need to see what they do in the summer. I think if they, if they are. So no, I think that's maybe a bit premature. Rangers will not be allowed to do anything other than challenge by their fans. They need to get the right players in. Do you, think that, it's going, you know what? No, I'm going to, I'm going to retract that because go read the forum. 
See if you read the Rangers fans on the Scottish Football Forums uh, forum. You know, they're they're saying they're, they're looking for a season of consolidation. Well, some are. I, 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 I forget. I forget. Well, some of them are. Yeah, some of them aren't. And I think that's the difference. You, you, the, most seasoned Rangers fans uh, seem to be a, a bit more conservative about their thinking when it comes to what Rangers can do next season. But uh, this is probably all stuff for the podcast next season. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, the preview, for the sort of July podcast. Right, shall we go on and pick a charity a bit and uh, we'll, we'll move away from the, the Scottish Cup which we'll discuss no doubt in depth next week. Um, charity bit time. Absolutely yeah. no idea what we could go for this week. I'm, I'd steer clear of the Cup. Oh, I think I think we need to we stick to the league. Uh, and the fact that we have south. massive games. Could we do the South 4-5 at Alloa? Mm-hmm. Is this us picking a goal scorer or uh, a couple of teams to win? I think we're picking teams, yeah. All right. We'll probably go back to the goal scorer because the, the league two fixtures are really scuppering us because I have no idea what to pick for that. If anything. Because league two is just not like... See, because the top five are pretty much playing each other. Yeah. It really does throw things out. I'm almost inclined to say Aaron, but I don't think that'll worth anything. Do we fancy Race Rovers at the bottom? 13 to 10? Yes. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Uh, 13 to 10, that's a correct one. Uh, what was the other one you suggested? Queen of South, after 4 or 5 hour. I think that double looks pretty decent. That sounds quite nice, actually. £10, £41.40 with them. Maybe yeah. we just stick to that, double. G- given the mess we've had the last few weeks, yeah, I think we need to take it back to being simple again. The only slight negative I've put on it is the part obviously the bar are still trying to avoid the playoff spot, but Wraith Rovers form, I think thirteen to ten, I think that's too good to, to pass up. Although Wraith Rovers have clinched that fourth spot, I think Wraith Rovers will be keen to keep their form going. Yeah, uh, I think so. Into that so they hit the ground running when the playoff comes around. So I would agree, I think I think Wraith Rovers going out is a good double. Yeah. I don't really see anything else anyway. Or, like, if you want to throw an athletic in there, it's one to three. Nah, probably no point. Nah, it's not worth it. Probably could die. We'd probably mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we'll take the double. Let's leave this with the first goal scorer at the pick. Um, oh, oh, oh. That's tricky. Get a Brentford Shardarby last weekend. It's a man on board. Yeah. Steve, Steve Allen. Good goal scorer for him. Nice. Midfield, I don't. Midfield, I don't, but it hits a, hits a, uh, hits a free kick. I don't yeah. know whether he hits the penalties as well, but I don't think he got both for St. Mirren, did he? Or at Falkirk, he certainly got one of them. I thought he got both. Of them. Maybe, maybe, maybe he did actually. Did yeah. I got right fifty six and eighty two? Ah, there you go then. Like right. it. Sorry, sorry. Where did you go? On one of them was a free kick, wasn't it? Or aye, aye, he's quite not. He's quite well known for that. Um, so we got. Um, well, I'm almost inclined to say Rory McAllister, they're away to breaking. Aye, very true. His former club as well. Ah, former club thing. Oh, always an interesting one to pick up. <laughs> you fancying it? Could do. Mm, trying to pick out some others. I think you you probably get better value from money with Marlon. Yeah. And some under at home. I, I'm... Yeah, Mullen. Mullen. I, I, let's go Mullen. Yeah. Someone new as well. Yeah, somebody we haven't picked before makes keeps it interesting. Absolutely. He's on Twitter as well, so we can put the pressure on him. Good man, right. That's what I like to hear. 
All right, so I think those odds will come later in the week. I don't think they're up in my bookie yet. It's only Monday. No. So uh, we shall tweet them from the uh, SFF podcast Twitter account later in the week. But other than that, I think we're done for the week. I hope so, we covered quite a lot. Oh, well, there, technically there is one prediction to make, which we already made last week. Inverlessing hearts. Oh, of course. But it, it's already been made, is it? Well, we, we, we made it last week. I went for 1-1. Oh, of course, yeah, because it was meant to be played last. Yeah. Yes, I... Yeah, it wasn't called off until after we'd done the podcast. So. Ah. No, what was it? I can't no, it was. It, it would have been I, unless you weren't called aware off of it. Monday, wasn't it? it was called off on the Monday, aye. Yeah, Maybe you just weren't aware of it or something. No, you know what it is? It's because I've had it in the predictor just long before. Ah, well, it, it's been <laughs> it called off before. before. That's right. Yeah. It was called off in January. Yeah, I think I've had it for then. Oh, well. Things have changed a wee bit since then, but uh, one, yeah, I mean, I've one, one. One, one. Um, one one's fine. Aye. I'm stacking with it. I'm stacking. Aye. Yeah, two and one. hearts. You got two and hearts. Up, making it exciting for second place. I'll I'll go with the the house prediction. Uh, one one. It's uh, Inverness one two 0 against Hearts uh, last time up at uh, Cali Stadium. Yeah. Uh, it's been a tricky venue. It has, yeah. I but know that just as well as anybody else. That's right, aye. Um, yeah, no, I fancy Inverness to actually pick up a wee bit from where they, they left off at the weekend. Uh, they'll be looking to finish the season on a, a bit of a high, despite it being a something of a dead rubber. All right, so that's the prediction made then. <laughs> right, I think we're done now. Good stuff. Hopefully we'll get the fixers out tomorrow and... I'm sure I'll be tweeting about them in the SFF podcast Twitter account if anything interesting comes out. I think um, I'm almost expecting Celtic and Aberdeen to be the first game after this, but just so they can avoid any interesting uh, permutations, because that's the only way they can guarantee that Celtic wouldn't clinch a title against Aberdeen. <laughs> anything else leaves that open for debate. It's unthinkable. Uh, I think you know what the SPFL is like for avoiding such things. <laughs> they, don't want, they don't want title clinchers if they can possibly avoid it because we wouldn't want to generate excitement in this country. Uh, um, so I wonder what they would have done to Derby then. Maybe they'll make that the first game. And if so, what, should they make sure Dundee don't relegate Dundee United? Aye, possibly. Cause there was certainly it's a computer that. that controls it, so it should be random. Aye, if, they, if, they, if they step to that word. Aye, right. <laughs> <laughs> believe that, believe in. <laughs> I suppose that is the one good thing about the the way that Dundee didn't make the top six is we do get that extra Dundee derby now. Because they've been absolutely cracking those games. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Full houses and obviously not going to get them next season. It, it doesn't appear so. No, no, I think we've lost them, unfortunately. Right. Um, we've obviously no no further Glasgow derby other than the Scottish Cup semi-final. Uh, no Highland derby. No Lanarkshire derby. It's quite, a, it's quite an annoying split this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dundee's about the only, only good Dundee one. Dundee is the only one I can think of. Aye. Right. Oh, it's close, it's Celtic and Motherwell. <laughs> Clutching at straws a wee bit. After Thistle Hamilton. Aye. Right. Uh, ah, I get to take it with that, Aye. Well, we'll see how those fixtures pan out. 
Anyway, it's time to wrap this up. We've been withering on for quite a while now. <laughs> uh, thanks if you've made it this far in the podcast. Uh, I know it's uh, it's getting longer and longer every week. But uh, it's, I, hope you, I hope you think it's interesting stuff, because we certainly do. And uh, um, thanks again, guys, for coming on. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Cheers. Cheers. And we'll talk to you all again next week. Cheers. Thank you.